0: Welcome back Seahawks fans to the newest episode of the Seahawksness podcast I'm your host Jane Sino joined as always by the John McClain to my <laughs> uh, my what's the name John Matrix is that the guy is yeah, that, is that right one, yeah John one. Matrix Ke- Kevin Garber Kevin how you doing uh, I
1: have a lot of puns and a lot of violence that's what I do
0: yeah I'm just doing one-liners like uh, like telling people to to let off some steam, you know, after I throw a pipe through their chest. And our very own bo- Bodie. That's right. Here today, for one night only, it's Brett Hancock. Brett! Hello! Doing,
2: I don't even know who John Matrix is. I don't know. It's,
0: it's Auro Schwarzenegger's character from the movie Commando. That is correct.
2: <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, I'm just happy to be here and happy to hear you say, put a pipe through someone's chest.
0: Yeah, all right, well... Uh, there is a lot. We have training camp has begun in earnest. Uh, Devin Witherspoon finally got in. We have not, we are now seeing like, uh, the real camp begin. Everyone is there. Well, almost everyone, you know, everyone who's healthy is there. Uh, but let's talk about, let's go through it. Some of the biggest stories that people are reporting on. If you are not reading, uh, Mike Duggar's, uh, stuff in the athletic every day, um, I would recommend it. Also, uh, a lot of stuff is coming for a lot of stuff comes from uh, the, the, guy the Seattle the, Times the, the daily the daily po- the guy who does the daily podcast why, why is my brain it's it's like a, it's after a long hard day Corbin Smith. Um, my brain, Corbin Smith is doing a lot of good work too with his daily podcast of reporting on kind of the the, the taking the temperature of training camp obviously news tribune seattle times
1: always good stuff doing a too. daily podcast always a better choice when things are happening daily <laughs> yes.
0: So here we go. Big story this week: Center battle. Olululu's taking first team reps. Uh, do you? So obviously the always compete mantra is a big part of the Seahawks culture. Do, does has has he pulled ahead early? You think, or do you think this is kind of just going to be a back and forth all camp? Brett, what do you think?
2: I think I have PTSD from the last uh, twelve years of this. So maybe he's a right guard. Maybe he's a center. Maybe he'll just play right tackle for no reason at all um i'd like to think this is different though i think i don't we haven't heard about him that much and that usually means that he's not he's not quite ready for prime time yet they mm-hmm. haven't pete hasn't pr- uh, prepared us for it as you would say uh on yeah. this podcast
0: yep the uh kevin what about you do you think that the
1: center battle is a beginning in earnest or is olu and or is olu olu taken an early lead Uh, I think there's a legitimate battle there. I think what's interesting, Brett brought this up before the podcast started about being a little worried about how unsettled we are in the interior of our offensive line. And one way to look at it is that it's unsettled. Another way to look at it is we have more viable starters than we're used to seeing. And if I choose to take the optimist approach, them rotating first team reps between Brown and Oluwetimi means that Brown could be competing for either the center job or the guard job. And it becomes, uh, like having a versatile piece like that brings up the overall floor of our interior offensive line. I think it's a good sign. So I think does it, it re- tells us there's competition, and also the team might view Brown, um, as a right guard or left guard, maybe depending on how they do it. Does that remind being you a bigger upgrade?
2: Does it remind you that one time when we brought in two guys and we ended up trading one of them when it when it became settled? I forget his name. We traded him for Carlos Dunlap because he wasn't playing.
1: Uh, yeah, when we brought him in from uh, uh, from the Steelers. But yeah. I, I do think that that's different. And the reason I think that's different is because uh, this is a case where there's more viable pieces. That was a case where he brought in a guy kind of needed him and he just didn't pan out. Um, this doesn't sound like that to me. This sounds like there are two people who look viable instead of there are zero people that look viable.
2: Good problem to have.
1: Yeah. All right.
2: Well, speaking
0: of, of potentially viable starters, the running back position has been one kind of marred Ooh. by injuries to this point, but Brett, your boy, Kenny McIntosh has really been putting on a show popular camp observation has been Kenny McIntosh is great. Kenny McIntosh looks so good have the did the Seahawks get one of the steals of the draft in the seventh round with our, with your guy, Kenny McIntosh.
2: Y- yes. I don't know. <laughs> I think from day one, he's had the attitude of, Hey, you know what? I know these two dudes are in front of me. And I don't care, you know, like I'm a I'm a good player and I'm going to be a, a good player. And now that Zach Charbonnet's shoulders are basically dead and who knows? And I'm uh, terrified. I have no choice but to believe that, yes, he's. it's going to be all right.
0: Would you say that he's maybe got a little bit of that dog in him? You know, what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> a little bit. I wish he had less dog and more third gear speed, but that's fine. Plenty yeah. of running backs have succeeded without uh any speed after 20 yards. I'd rather well, have, have
1: two do- gear and full dog than three yeah, gear right. and no dog, my friend. <laughs> when I, uh, what hey. I've seen so far uh, from
0: cheers. him, uh he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Mike Davis. Yes. Like mm-hmm. a, just a really good football player Mike who Davis, understands,
2: Justin
0: understands the position really well and knows like what to do. And it and it also looks like there's not going to be an aspect of the position that he's really bad at either, which is going to be able to pre- it's going to prevent it's going to make it so it's
1: running you have to take, a straight to take line away field. from defensive backs. That's the one yeah. thing he's not that great at. Guess right. what matters very rarely. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> that, so, that was the one thing that darn. Travis
2: Homer was good at and literally nothing else. So well, do um, not
1: insult the block. God like that. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. He
2: was Chicago, very good at blocking. Future,
0: future Chicago Bears starting running back Travis Homer. Hey, Come
2: it on. worked for Mike Davis, man.
1: Good
0: right for now. him. Another one of the big stories here has been the cornerbacks versus the wide receivers. The offense has been testing Devin Witherspoon um, to to some uh, interesting results. uh, I'll say this, day six, Mike Duggar. Rookie first-round pick Devin Witherspoon has had his energy level turned up to the maximum. Broke up a touchdown pass from Geno to Lockett. Leveled D. Eskridge. He's playing at both nickel and outside cornerback. Playing really good against the run. Uh, Witherspoon has, I think... You know, he's also, you know, getting beat by Tyler on day five and stuff like that. Uh, A lot of people, you know, will look at that and go, oh, up and down, you know, or, oh, it's it's one, it's a rookie and they're really pushing him, which I love. I love the idea that they're just going to like go after him and let, let him learn on the job, make it difficult for him. At the same time, these, you got to understand that these like uh, no pads, like low contact practices really favor the offensive players. <laughs> so Dude, that's it, bro. Dave, the quarterback that Tyler's not smoking in a one on one. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's going to destroy everyone in these. So, like, don't get discouraged when you hear, like, oh, JSN got loose on a wheel router or uh, Tyler beat him on a slant. It's like, yeah, well, he couldn't, he's not going to just like m- push him into the dirt on the off the line of scrimmage on a
1: non contact practice. So, yeah. I, I like love how that you these- said that because you and I both watched his Illinois tape and watched him just push dudes in the dirt yeah. I mean, on the snap. Oh yeah. This dude gets he gnarly. Could, could,
0: I mean, he could injure he could injure Tyler Lockett in in practice if he wants. He's not going to make him a very popular guy on yeah. the t- on the team.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's why he's going up against D uh, against uh, uh, Escridge so much because they're like, hey man. Just, yeah, just there's do a lot, what you got to do. There's a lot of Esker
0: type. I I will say that these cornerbacks and these wide receivers, it's been really good because these are kind of the two strength position groups of the, the offense and defense respectively. Good right? Death. The mm-hmm. offense wide, the offensive wide receiver group is very deep and very talented. Lockett, Metcalf, JSN, and even you know we did spend a second round of pick on Eskridge, wh- whether or not you really believe in him or not.
2: Yeah. The cornerbacks I
0: mean, Witherspoon, Avatar. You know right. you got you got um, Jackson. All these guys, they are so good, and so. Mm-hmm yeah, you just get, you get these guys and you have them really just like battle it out head to head, you know, the cornerbacks and the wide receivers. And it's just, it's awesome. It's been really fun to watch um, and to read about, you know, so you get, you get the clips on Twitter every once in a while and you're like, Oh, that looks so cool. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really wish that this stuff was just filmed, like start back to front for dorks like me, but I mean, nice. Um,
2: no, I've watched like every episode of man to man, you know, on YouTube because it's like my, Hey, I'm working, you know, like over here on the side. And I was watching the one today and Mike, you know, he talked about talked about that Eskridge versus Spoon battle and he was glowing. He was like, boy, they are out there hitting. And it was like, damn, dude, I've never seen him so animated. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah, it looks like Cause the that team... dude
2: because he's had what, five practices.
0: Yeah, there's he's a lot out of... there. He's here. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, uh, of edge to, to this to this particular battle, uh, even if it's probably going to work out to be, you know, kind of exactly what you expect. Kevin, now, one guy who has been kind of reemerged, though, back into the mix, a guy that me and you always have loved and loved and respected. We've been waiting for him to finally be healthy. Trey Brown has kind of reemerged as a factor in, in, the, in a lot of these articles. Uh, how, how, how hyped are you that Trey Brown might, you know, maybe does. OK, how about this? Let me ask this a different way is are any of these cornerbacks on the on the potential trade block because of this cuz like you know we can't start Jackson and Kobe and Spoon and Woolen and Brown like all these guys can't play on the field at the same time there is like a surplus here of dudes do we keep everyone to like make ourselves just like injury proof or do we or is one of these guys might be you know getting us a fourth or fourth or fifth round pick
1: We're paying so little for all of them that I think there's a lot of logic behind keeping them just because cornerback depth is so incredibly valuable. I mean, if somebody comes along and makes you a big offer, but I don't think these are the kinds of players you get big offers for.
0: No, it's a fourth or a fifth, probably kind of of
1: guys. And you'd rather have the player than the fourth or the fifth? Well, I mean, Kobe, there's talks about possibly being a safety conversion. Uh, You and I talked about that after he was picked, where his skill set projects really well as like a zone safety um we talked about uh oh
0: jarek reed's making plays too i I didn't, I, didn't, I, say, re- yeah. I didn't bring that up either but that, that's like my guy so i was very excited mm-hmm. about that i mean this is just and love and Adams and digs and i mean it's just like this group They're is crazy. a so of talent yeah, there's so much I, talent I, I, in the yeah, I, the
2: are legit. I think the thought of not having to do the uh Kilo witherspoon that guy we got from the Giants who was was robbed maybe during a game of Madden, trading <laughs> him. Like, I think they probably spend two minutes on that. Like, they feel the call. They're like, yeah, Trey Brown's healthy. And then they're like, do we really want a fourth and to have to do all that again? Because, I mean, those top four corners, geez, man. If Kobe Bryant's your worst corner and he's fifth on the depth chart, like, you got to be feeling pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like this
1: is a good chance to take advantage of uh, of young depth that you're paying next to nothing. So, um, I think if anything, uh, like, what might happen is maybe they find a new home for Artie Burns. Trade him huh? for somebody else's rolling off the end of the assembly line. I forgot line. we still uh, had Artie Burns, man. I think Artie wow.
0: Burns is a... Is a- Cut candidate. I mean, kind of well, we trade him for
1: somebody else's interior defensive line yeah, cut candidate. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like yes. that's one, the of those, one, of, that. one of those. One of one of
0: those. Yeah, you get the seventh rounder. Uh, the,
2: the miles, the Miles is of the world. But that's what was so nice about 2013 is that at the end of the season, I mean, obviously we won the Super Bowl, which is always great. But then you're like, dang, I... yeah, that
1: was nice about that year. Dang, I, I guess agree.
2: Chris Maragos is a good player, and somebody just paid him, and he was what, like, like the 49th best player on that team? crazy. <laughs> like the oh. depth that we had was just out of this world. So.
0: Bro, that speaking of edge, you know, iron sharpening iron, the edge is on our team. Uh the, the Clint Hurt's been talking them Throw all. Up, uh Boye Mafe, looking the stout ruin defender, Noosu's kind of the do-it-all, Daryl, Daryl Taylor, the the speedster on the edge, uh Derek Hall, physical and violent. Um, it really feels like they're specializing all of these players a lot, which I think is really good. I mean, Nuosu is probably going to play the most out of all of them, but the Seahawks defense ha- historically has been at its best when we can play these guys in a pretty healthy rotation, get them all lots of rest and kind of let them, let them do their thing. I really love how, uh, how we've just keep stacking, you know, these good solid young edges up on top of each other. And, um, a lot of things like we were seventh. I we I, and Brett were talking about this earlier today. We were seventh in sacks last year, but we were nineteenth in pressure rate, and it's pretty unsustainable to, you know, convert that many pressures into sacks. The way that they have added to this group with Hall, uh and and uh you know the second year of Maffe, second year Maffe, I really
2: right. That's Eric Smith.
0: Yeah. Or uh, Draymond, 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 Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones in yep. the middle. Yeah. yeah. Draymond Jones is going to add some interior pass rush that we just have not had in the past. And I mean, a lot of the negativity around Draymond is based on his ability to stop the run. But Bobby Wagner is a player that at this point in his career, that's what he's here to do. He's here to shore up the run game. And so I do think on the whole, the defense they've built here is pretty exciting. And I'm excited about the versatility edges. All right. Uh, finally. Finally uh, an inspirational story for me. Um, uh, backgrounding, I, if if you're new to the show, I'm a, I'm a public school teacher. And the one thing I put into my syllabus and into my thing is that like, I never hold a grudge, right? Like every day is a new day. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be on you. If you say something really rude or mean to me, like I, the next day, I'm more than willing to, to move on and forgive and forget. And the part, big reason that I'm like, that is, it's, it's Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll is like, the king of never burning a bridge and we see it again in training camp this week as who is back at camp uh Richard Sherman okay. a guy a guy who has a oh boy Dick Sherman. a guy who has probably said some uh, some things that Pete Carroll really wishes he hadn't said <laughs> about him but he does not care Pete Carroll he will not burn the bridge he is more than willing to forgive and forget because he says he knows what's in their hearts. And that's true. Like, you know, like people say things they don't mean all the time because they're emotional. You get elevated. You get escalated. You say things that maybe you don't really mean. And uh, it's great to see him just like, you know, be, be able to turn the page. Forgive him. Forget you know
1: what Pete's going to say. Pete, you know, yeah, Richard, he's a he's a really passionate guy. He cares a lot. You know, he really wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, he's gonna say all those things. He's gonna say all the right things and all things that are like validatably
2: true. Yeah, I mean, Michael Bennett was on the preseason game last year, and they were joking about about why he was traded. I mean, like, I don't, I don't follow other teams nearly as close, but I can't imagine that dynamic is prevalent at all. Could like, you imagine
1: an expatriate asking oh, Bill Belichick right? why nope. they were traded, nope. and he would just have the longest awkward silence I would, I would until the guy just would withdrew yeah. the sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I, but yeah, I've... no,
2: and and Nathan, you're right too, and that stuff is contagious, you know, because like I have a lot of kids in a blended family, and you have to be like that, or else you're just a bitter old hack, you know, mm-hmm. and like it, yeah, and it seeps into football too. Like I'm kind of rooting for Russell Wilson this year. Because I'm like, you know what? Like, what would Pete do? And that's exactly what he would do, right? He'd be like, oh, that's still my guy.
0: I mean, I don't have any skin in the it's, game anymore. We no longer have exactly. their first round pick. I had, Agent, skin in, I had skin in the game last year where I was oh, like,
2: yeah. Agent 3
0: I, needs to finish the job so we can get a top five he, pick.
1: He did. <laughs> so we do have their third round
0: pick. I I'm think sure. it's a fourth round pick, isn't it? Well no, we traded a fourth for a third.
2: And now that player is suspended for probably oh, no, no, that's forever. That's,
0: that's different.
1: Okay.
2: That's, that's different. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So. No, man, yeah. you're right, though. It is cool.
0: Here, so I'm gonna look because I i like thing, but do you do you uh do you really want them to do bad just because uh we have their third?
1: No, I want them to do bad because I've hated Denver forever I uh, do back too. when we were so it's in the interesting division. they gave us so a third round pick disliked.
0: to pick right they picked Riley Moss and we got Anthony Bradford with that with the pick we traded them that's interesting Riley Moss seems pretty solid all right anyway uh let's get into it great White Hope big topic this week NFC. South. We're one division away from uh, from our division. We, we make inch something. ever closer to this. So let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta Falcons went 7-10 and 10 last year. Their over-under is set at 8.5, minus 120, uh favorite for the over, adding Jeffrey Okuda, Jesse Bates, David Onyatama, Bud Dupree, and Calais Campbell. They lost Olamide, Zacchaeus, and Rashawn Evans in the draft, added Bijan Robinson, Matthew Bergeron, Zach Harrison, and Clark Phillips, the third Seahawks connection. They recently signed Seahawks kick returner extraordinaire, Godwin (laughs) Igwebke, anyway, whatever. Kevin, go.
1: (laughs) Godwin Um, uh, I think this is going to be a rough situation because I do think that they made talent upgrades to their roster, but I don't think it's going to show on the record unless Ritter really takes a big step forward um things are gonna be kind of held back Bijan Robinson's a next level running back like he that's adding a top-tier talent to your offense uh we saw Carolina have a top tier running back and not do a whole lot you know I think Matthew Bergeron is was another good pickup in the draft I like Clark Phillips of the fourth round pick as a guy who I think could come in and help uh, create some positive depth in the secondary uh Jesse Bates I think is a very good safety. And the host of guys that they added from New Orleans, again, I think they did a lot of moves that bring up the floor on the team and fill in some pretty big talent gaps. They're probably a quarterback away from competition. Um, I think they need some wide receiver help, but all told, I, I just I don't see them competing for a wild card spot. I don't really see them being able to put together like a complete season. and I could see their record going down a little bit. Uh, They also have Penny Hart being better.
0: All right. I'm going to give you some some Atlanta Falcons stuff here. Uh, So Atlanta last year. um, First of all, Marcus Mariota played the whole season with like a like a bad shoulder. And was objectively terrible. If you go, there's a yep. supercut on Twitter of him. You can watch every, oh, you can watch every single one of his deep throws. It is one, it is a supercut of some of the worst deep throws I've ever seen. I watched every. Des- it looks like Odell Beckham's dad put the cut together. I watched every Desmond Ritter Atlanta. <laughs> I, I went back and I watched every Desmond Ritter Atlanta snap too, because I wanted to see what is what is this like. Um, their defense was really bad last year. Their offense mm-hmm. is real. Was really good. They were first in the league in run block D, uh, run block PFF rating. They were eighth in the league in pass block uh, rating last year. They bring in Matthew Berger on a second round pick to kind of bolster their offensive line, and they brought everyone back from last year's very good offensive line. This will be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. On top of that, watching the Desmond Nurse snaps, he is not bad. He's actually pretty solid. I think he looks good. They have Drake London. They, bring, they go from their the cornerstone of their offense being Tyler Algier to the cornerstone of their offense being Bijan Robinson. Drake London, second-year leap for a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is one of the premier tight ends in the league, and they have Johnu Smith to come in and block too, so Kyle Pitts is their second wide receiver now. He's not even a tight end anymore they, on the defensive side of the football. They needed to overhaul, and Kevin's right. They brought in a lot of new faces. Calais Campbell, David Onyotama, Bud Dupree, uh, Jesse Bates. They needed to bring in veterans to raise the floor of this defense because the defense was extremely bad. I think this team is good. I think this team is very good, actually. And I think they have one of the best coaches in the league, which is part of why I'm so bullish on the Falcons. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to win this division pretty handily. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of Falcons hype at some point this year. I don't think they'll win their first playoff game. I do think Ritter is a has the potential to hold back, hold back their ceiling, but I don't think he sucks and if he does suck, they brought in a backup who can get a team to the playoffs. We already seen it with Tyler Heineke. Tyler So I think that the, the the there's a solid case here for Atlanta being kind of like a sneaky team. On top of the fact that last year they were 20th in DVOA and were pretty bang average. Like they weren't terrible last year. They still play in a pretty weak division, um, I, uh, or weak weaker division. I'll say this: I don't think this division is quite as bad as people make it out to be. Uh, I don't I don't think this is uh the the uh what's like the worst division probably the, a- well, the, the AFC old S- nfc least the, the afc south you know like the afc yeah. south is worse than this division to me by yeah. by a pretty big margin so anyway i like the falcons i'm into it okay, brett what do you think
2: i'm i'm really into the falcons except i'm not come they're very thin like very very thin and if it comes together, I I'm with you, man. I think they could be good. They did uh, They they
0: decide some some olds to kind of carry their defense. Yes. It's which can't, it, 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 Clace it can Clay Campbell, Clay's Campbell, Campbell, it could work, you know, like we'll see what um, happens. Can he get uh, can he stay healthy? The sharps agree They're with mortal you. Immortal until proven otherwise. Yes. Right. The, the sharps the,
2: agree with you. Over eight and a half is down to one fifty, which is rare in uh win totals the those guys don't really get that much. gonna move
0: to nine and a half soon
2: also yep. the seahawks are uh 160 but um yeah i don't know i mean the falcons are good i agree with you they're coaching they do a lot of interesting stuff uh the running game install is pretty varied uh they made cordero patterson a viable starter so they are obviously doing the lord's work there um <laughs> i don't, I what do don't you, know
0: win total brett go uh, eleven. Eleven. That's even yeah. higher than me. Ooh, I, I don't think there's gonna be more many eleven when teams in the NFC. I'll just start off that. I'm a, i went ten and seven. Uh, but I think they handled their business in the division. Like this is a this is a, the best team for me in in this division.
1: Ken, what do you think? Uh, I went seven and ten. Um, that being said, I wouldn't be shocked to see them compete for a winning record. Uh, I just I think that they're we could, kind of a season away, and I think they're too thin. We could uh,
0: we could do like a Uh, uh, a water bet or something pour water pour a cup of water at the fantasy draft Uh, uh, all right uh next up we got the carolina panthers they added von bell dj chark adam thielen and miles sanders they lost matt ionitis and Deontay foreman in the draft of course bryce young jonathan mingo and dj johnson uh seahawks connection uh seahawks practice squad quarterback legend jake luton what is a Carolina is a Carolina Panther. Did you know that? All right. Anyway, former it's Brett uh, first this either. time. Working Brett either. Panthers. What do you think?
2: Uh, they didn't. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Uh A little bit light on weapons. I don't like Miles Sanders much at all. Uh Adam Thielen's got some years behind him. Obviously, if Bryce Young is good, that will probably help uh, their defense. You know, can be great, but they weren't really last year. Um, They obviously have, you know, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, uh, J.C. Horn, good trio of guys there. But uh, other than that, I'm just not really sure. I don't know what to think about the Panthers.
0: Here's my problem with the Panthers. I don't think Frank Reich is like an awesome coach. And so for me, it's like there's a lot of things to like here. There's a lot of things to like in terms of they once again, I'm going to go back to this. Uh, they had a pretty average DVO last year. Uh, they were the worst. Oh, no, no. This is the bad team, actually. Negative 14. But their offense was terrible. And they. I just think adding Bryce Young will help. I don't think they did enough. To me, this is a team that that feels like they need another full draft class. And also, I just don't love Frank Reich. So it's hard for me to to get behind Carolina right now. I love the best players. I love Brian Burns. I think he's really, really good. Um, I, and I actually think Adam Thielen's going to be like sneaky good this year for them, just as like a, you know, an outlet short outlet for a really smart quarterback playing behind a pretty mediocre offensive line. (laughs) That's, that's, that's kind of like a guy that that's kind of like a formula for success to me. But yeah, I just think that Mm -hmm. this team's going to, this team's going to struggle on both sides of the ball at certain points this season. And I just think it will, it'll add up to uh, a thing they did. They did get bumper pool in the, in in our, in a UDFA game. And Jamie Robinson, yeah, Bumperpool is like the was like the best name in this year's draft class to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know,
1: <laughs> just just an all time name team. Anyway, Kevin, what do you what do you think about the uh, Carolina Panthers? I think that they're a confusing roster building situation to me. Um, like losing DJ Moore is kind of devastating for trying to build around the rookie quarterback. Uh, that that's pretty rough. Um, bringing in Adam Thielen, we, we, like you said, is a we, safety valve. Is kind of nice. We kind of see
0: this all the time, right? With other with other young quarterbacks, like they don't really take off till they get the true number one receiver, right? We we saw it with Allen; like he was mm-hmm. okay, but then he gets Stephon Diggs, and he's it. You know, we we Tua; he's you know he's okay. Then he gets Tyreek Hill, and oh, he's him now. It, we kind of have seen this time and time again with these young quarterbacks; they need that number one receiver, like you said, DJ Moore. That's a huge loss. Going from DJ Moore to DJ Chark is a big DJ
1: downgrade.
2: <laughs>
0: you gotta admit that's true though like would you rather have more or Chark? Yeah, no one's gonna pick Chark.
1: yeah well good yeah definitely gonna hang the joke on that thanks uh anyway uh i also like jonathan mingo in the second round felt like a little bit of a reach i feel like there were a number of picks like that where i'm like i don't know man like like the, i'm not really sure outside of picking bryce young i'm not really sure how many impact players they picked up in this draft uh, same with like a lot of their free agent signings. I look at the defense and I'm like, uh, if you know, they've got Brian Burns who can provide a lot of pass rush. They've got, uh, a pair of really interesting young corners with, uh, JC Horn and Dr. Jackson to stay healthy. Do Kevin, I but, like for you, a lot of questions.
0: Do you feel like they could have got like a haul for Brian Burns, like a two firsts kind of haul? I feel like they should have been able to. And then, and then that bothers me that they didn't trade him then. Cause this team just doesn't seem like it's. Ready to compete like that? It's a couple steps away. Yeah, and like yeah. they needed to either commit to the rebuild or commit to pushing forward. And trading um, DJ Moore makes on this one. Trading DJ Moore makes me think that they're like rebuilding, but then they kept Brian Burns, and it's like, what's the plan here? What's the plan here, guys? What's what's the plan? I don't know. Tough, tough, tough to read. Tough, tough to read. Um, yeah, yeah, it's basically Kevin. like
1: more wanted out, so they left. They let him out, but Burns is like, I'm cool staying, and they're like, okay, guys, you stay. What do you got? What's what's stay. what's your record, Kevin? I think that they're going to be a very bad team. I have them at 5 and 12. I have them at 7 and 10 again. Um, yeah. 6
2: and 11 for me.
1: Okay.
0: The Saints were 7 and 10 last year. They're over and under 9.5, but under is a pretty strong favorite at plus 115. They added Derek Carr, Foster Moreau, Jamal Williams, and Kalen Sanders. They lost Marcus Davenport, David Onyotama, Jarvis Landry, and Andy Dalton. They drafted Brian Bercy, Isaiah Foskey, and Nick Salah, the very Seahawks rotational safety, Jonathan Abram ended up on the Saints this off season. Kevin, start us off. What do you think about the Saints?
1: Uh am I the only person who thought that the Saints were worse than 7 and 10 last year and then I looked up I was like, "Oh no, they they no, were 7 I, and 10."
2: I was I was shocked as well.
0: Every team in this division is like that. Yeah. Like the, they were they were all 7 and 10 or better. So it's like it was like weird, right? Yeah, I am 100% agreement with you, Kevin. I was like, I knew they seven.
2: had at least one win each because right. I had to watch all four of those uh, slugs, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, guess the well, thing is,
0: we lost. We lost to this division, oh four.
1: <laughs> that was not good. No. no, that was that was that was not that was not a high point that's, for uh, for yours.
0: Because well, like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Atlanta, all were they were seventeenth, nineteenth, and twentieth in DVOA. They were just like the middle middle of the pack, just like media, yep. super mediocre, all around zero DVOA. Like they were they were just really mid teams, and it it's kind yeah. of. It's kind of tough to like, you know, you'd yeah. want to get at least two wins out of the the mediocre teams if you're really good. Sure do. Not anyway. to
2: get away from the Saints, but these type of divisions are always weird because no team is in a great spot and no team is in a terrible spot. So huh. you're just kind of left like moving all these different chairs around, you know, on the deck. And
0: they yeah. got
1: they got Ugo Amadi too. Anyway, anyway, go ahead, Kevin. So I think picking up Derek Hall to stabilize Derek Carr to stabilize the uh, um, quarterback situation does a lot for them uh they have i think Chris Olave emerges a number one receiver if Michael Thomas gives you anything then you throw in like uh Traquan Smith, AT Perry, um based on all the other guys they have they should be able to put together a legitimately solid wide receiver core. Alvin Kamara, like who knows what's going on with him, but if i told you that the team start uh running backs were Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller and Eno Benjamin, you'd be like, "Alright, man, that's a, that's a functional running back room. I can do that." Uh their interior, their offensive line, like really left tackle, Trevor Penning is a big question mark.
0: Their offensive line is messy. It was not good last year. They had injuries and like, but even with everyone, but Derek healthy, Carr has
1: been able to put adequate seasons together with bad offensive lines. Correct. I, Derek so, Carr will,
0: will erase a lot of the ills there. I do feel like that's true.
1: And so then you look over the defense and it's like, yeah, they lost some pieces, but there's still a lot of talent on this defense. This team screams like competing for a playoff spot should be in for a playoff spot like they have a lot of playoff
0: type roster they have a lot of good veterans which which i think will help stabilize them enough to to make them competitive in a lot of games and i talked to brett about this uh a while ago but this team has good infrastructure and like mm-hmm. infrastructure matters in the NFL, we see it's like the Ravens, like, right? P- Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. us, Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> Seahawks yeah, uh, yep. Baltimore Ravens, these team, Philadelphia Eagles, these teams with good Pushes that floor way up. With these teams with good infrastructure, mm-hmm. even if they have some things that people think are sketchy or not right, they still figure out a way to put together like a good enough roster to like the floor on this team is going to be like seven eight wins yep. because Absolutely. the because inf- the infrastructure is good. It's not it's not because the the roster is so amazing. Although I do think, like, if this defense can stay healthy, it's really solid. And their offensive line's messy, so it's really up to Derek Carr. Like, can he make up for the fact that this offensive line is is? Uh, con- I'm very concerned about this offensive line. I just want to make that clear, to
1: everyone. If their offensive line just turns out to be a a
0: dumpster fire, I just want to be on that corner
1: very early. One or two dudes need to make a jump. Like they have Ryan Ramczyk, who is really solid, and then just question marks for days Everywhere,
0: after that. Yeah, else, like Caesar Ruiz just didn't come along the way I, I would have hoped he would have and But
1: if Nick Saldaveri shows up and like ends up being a reasonable left tackle, would that be shocking to you? No, but I mean I feel like that guy's a dev- really developmental prospect. But... I tend
0: to agree. So okay, uh let's go records. It was uh it doesn't matter that much. I, I have the Saints set. Nine oh, and Brett nine and eight. And uh just slipping slip it in there. The seven seed for me. Slipping in the playoffs. What do you guys think, Brett? I have about nine 8 they the division.
2: Uh eight and nine, but uh very feisty.
0: All right. And then finally we got the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers went eight and nine last year to win the division. They're over under set at six and a half, but under is the favorite. Plus one twenty. They added Baker Mayfield, Greg Gaines, Chase McLaughlin, and got lasses McKicker coming in to for the kicker battle. Uh they lost Julio Jones, Sean Murphy Bunting, Akeem Hicks, Mike Edwards, and of course everyone's favorite, Tom. Brady. They drafted Kaleja Kansi, Cody Mach, and Yaya Diaby. Of course, I left this out on the ads, but it was probably their biggest out of the offseason. Seahawks, safety extraordinaire. Ryan Neal, we miss him. We love him. He's really good at football. Mm-hmm. So hit me up, Brett. What do you think about the Bucks?
2: I mean, the Bucks had no business really being... Well, I shouldn't say that. They were 16th in offensive DVOA, 13th in defensive DVOA. It just never felt like Brady was clicking. Or that the team was clicking.
0: Their special teams
2: sucked. It was terrible. I don't know. I think their quarterback room is my biggest issue with the team. I'm not a Baker Mayfield believer. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Kyle Trask is good. But, I mean, that's, as Kevin would say, that's the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, you can have a great defense. But if your offense is falling apart, um, I'm just, yeah, it's the quarterback room. That's it for me. So, uh, I mean, other than that, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they got dudes.
0: I mean, they have their special teams were so bad last year. And I I just really think it's going to make a big difference that they bring in these two like kind of guys who have shown they can be decent NFL kickers and just having them be their kicker. I think we'll have a lot. The biggest scary thing is that their offensive line is good if it stays healthy, which is a big if. <laughs> Cause last year it was so bad and so unhealthy. So like they, they really, they were, they missed games. worst missed a bunch of games last year. Uh, Jensen missed games last year. Like they, they need those guys to, to stay healthy. Um, the Trask Mayfield thing I think is overblown. I think that they can get a, a solid season out of, out of those dudes. I'm not like super worried that that's going to tank them into the dirt. Like other people seem to be. And I do think, uh, they put together on paper, to me, a pretty solid defense. Like, Kansi is one of my favorite players from this last draft, and putting him next to, like, Greg Gaines and Vita Vea should be pretty sweet. And then, of course, Levante David is, is a nice, like, a uh, solid veteran presence. And then Devin White is their aggressive linebacker. That's kind of a nice yin and yang thing they have going. Uh, Ryan Neal is awesome, and I do think he'll provide some stabilization in their, in their safety room. I think that this team is all right. I worry about their lack of a viable NFL running back. Rashad White and Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn is not super inspiring. But one thing is that these wide receivers are going to make it easier for for Trask or Mayfield, whoever wins that job. Mike Evans rules. uh, Chris Godwin rules. And Russell Gage is an excellent number three wide receiver. So that's a big advantage that they have. I see this team as a pretty average one though so, <laughs> at the end of the day i i'm gonna pick them for a losing record here in a second and i don't think they're awesome but i don't think they're a dumpster fire like this like the over under is indicating i think over six and a half is not like a terrible bet i would just stay away from it in general but yes that is kind of where i'm at on the uh tampa bay buccaneers kevin what do you think by the way, uh, I based this on this fourth and pass block uh, rating on on uh, on uh, PFF, and then their run block rating was was 25th. They were not good at blocking the run. And maybe that's Tom Brady based too. maybe Brady just like makes your offense one good. He's done it for years. But I do think that they they have a chance to put together like a protection set
1: for Mayfield or they also lost a few of their starters on offensive line, which is worrisome. Like, so Wurfs has to switch over to the left side. I think there's every reason to believe that he can, but we need to see it. Uh, Gaddicky, we don't know what he looks like as a right tackle. I don't think either of us were a big believer in Moch, So it's Ryan Jensen and Worf you're leaning on really heavily. We don't know if there are three other starting offensive linemen are starting NFL offensive linemen or not. That's a big concern, especially when Trask and Mayfield are the guys that are competing at quarterback. Like the offensive line could, could end up being ugly. And if it is ugly, this team is going to really struggle to score points. Um, I think that's how they end up having a terrible season. Like, if you're asking me what the road to them being having a bad season is, it's that they find out they I don't mean, have three other viable starting offensive linemen. I mean, Jensen didn't play,
0: like, the whole season last year. I, I don't right, know. Right? It's, it's like but it's it's Jensen
1: a, and Wirfs are it's a big like, up, starters. It's a big
0: upgrade to bring him back into the offensive line. And, but
1: Okay, but having two-thirds of an offensive line is missing, or having two-fifths of an offensive line still means you're missing three-fifths of an offensive line.
0: I mean, like, you know my opinion on this, is that one really great offensive lineman can make a really huge difference in an offensive line, especially when it's the center. So The other thing is
1: I wonder about their ability to stop the run. Um, Devin White's kind of a liability in run coverage. He's not a guy who plays very disciplined. Uh, they get great gains, compare him with Vita Vey on the inside, but Kalajic Hansi, a big thing about him is he might be somebody you could just kind of run at. And then they're stuck with Joe Tryon-Treyanka and Shaq Barrett, who they need to have out on the field because this is a team that lacks a lot of viability at pass rusher outside of those two. So if you have them in, you probably are somebody that they can just run at those guys. But if you don't have them in, you're losing a lot of your your pass rush. So uh, they're kind of in a difficult position that way. So I can see a pretty sizable vulnerability in their defense. I think their defensive backs are really good, um, and then I there's a pretty glaring question mark about their offensive line that kind of puts their whole offense in question. So I have them at five and twelve. I think there are a lot of roads to them having a very poor season. I'm at seven and seven and ten. I think they're. I think this whole division is
0: like solid but not spectacular. Except I'm really into Atlanta. That, that's my only thing is i'm very into atlanta but everyone else is just kind of in the middle meaty middle for me i have a lot of nfc teams at seven and ten panthers buccaneers vikings bears packers i think all these teams are pretty similar to me um uh brett seven and ten know. for
2: me as well bang average team yeah
0: all right then uh so kevin you had the saints winning the division correct the Saints win division at nine and eight and then Falcons Falcons for me and uh, Falcons for Falcons me. for All right, then let's push this button. Okay, we're almost to the end here, though. Uh, I want to go over really quickly before we go to the NFC West, because I want to like kind of go deeper on those teams, because that's like our division rivals. I want to kind of circle back to the league as a whole. Um. Okay. Oh, should
1: I give my uh uh my NFC North takes real quick? Since oh I yeah, go. That uh, just go
0: go quick. Uh, okay, records. I'm just gonna run
1: down it real quick. I have the Bears at nine and eight, mm-hmm. the Lions at ten and seven, the Packers at four and thirteen. I think their roster is a big friggin' mess. I agree. And the Vikings at seven and ten. Huh. So I think the Lions and Bears are both going to push for the playoffs. What do you can go, the, go deeper the, on the go Rutgers deeper on the Packers? Ahead.
0: I want to hear like what's so so bad about their roster? Like I'm
1: curious. It's, so I feel like, so number one, the Packers were eight and nine last year, and they had a negative point differential. It was only minus one, but still. So uh, they already had some problems last year. I look at their receiving core. I see uh, not even a, not a number one receiver and questionably whether or not there's a number two receiver on the roster. I don't see a lot of help to put with Jordan Love. Jordan Love's a giant question mark. Um, David Bakhtiari's had a lot of health problems. I don't think you can rely on him being able to come in and start and the interior of their offensive line outside of Elton Jenkins is unreliable. So there's question marks on the offensive line. I'm not really sure what their pass rushing. Like I, I don't see reliable pass catchers and you're throwing in a unproven quarterback into that situation. I think there are really, really, really big problems on the offense on the defensive side of the football. I think there's still a lot of questions to be asked about their uh, linebacking core and overall their ability to play the run. Uh, I know that Russell Douglas has kind of had a bit of a career resurgence for them, but outside of Jair Alexander, it's, it's pretty unproven. Like Eric Stotes kind of needs to come in and step up. Uh, they got Keyshawn Nixon out of Vegas to play slot corner, but I don't really think that's very well pinned down. I, I see a lot of vulnerability on this team. Um, and some of the players that they're leaning on are players that have some pretty significant health questions. I know I don't like they factor injuries big time into whether or not or into what I think a final record for a team is going to be. But in this case, when you have players that get injured over and over again, uh, it, it kind of has to be factored into what you think of that player.
0: And I just wanted you to be able to get on the corner because you're like way under the over under. So, yep. Um, OK, and then I'm at seven and ten. So like I'm not like super far from that, but like they're over under seven and a half. And a lot of people are like, I think, kind of talking themselves into the Packers. I just, I think that they're just going to struggle to move the ball. I actually think the defense is going to be fine, not great, but but like solid enough. Van, Van Ness Smith and Britt Gary is like a really good pass rushing trio, so that that's kind of what I think will kind of carry them. But their offense is like,
1: it's worrying. What what it like? I don't
0: know. It's just like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, They should put them both on the field all the time because those are their two best skill position players by like a lot so so yes. so like they should put aj Dillon in the backfield and aaron jones should either be in the backfield or in the in the slot like they should get him on the field like as much as possible because they really need to to get their best players on the field um okay and if in the afc okay kevin uh what are your what are your seven playoff teams uh
1: i thought we could take a look real quick because i don't have
0: that up oh, on oh spreadsheets. okay i uh, I'll do mine while it you wait. It doesn't
1: map over from my computer to the air.
0: I'll do mine while you wait, because I think you're going to think this is funny. Okay, I got the I got chi- Chiefs at one, Jaguars at two, Ravens at three, Bills at four, and then my five, six, seven, my wildcard teams are the Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. <laughs> That's right. I got the uh, got the old, every team in the NFC North is making the playoffs.
2: No, and no Dolphins,
0: Nate? No, I have the Dolphins at nine and eight, just missing okay. out. All right. uh, um. I have the teams at I have at nine and eight that just missed the playoffs. Chargers, Broncos, oh, yeah. Patriots, Dolphins. And I do think any of those teams could slip in over like the Browns or the Steelers. Those those teams feel like the weakest uh, of those for me. But yeah, the Browns roster is just I hate it, but it's, incre- it's got, an incredible piece of roster building that they've done mm-hmm.
1: there. I've got the Bills, Bengals, Jaguars and Chiefs winning their division. Mm hmm. I've got the Chargers. I'm like, a, the... I'm like an anti-Chargers
0: truther now. I just like want them to fail so they finally fire their coach. I just need Brandon Staley he, to get out of there.
2: He's very
1: bad. <laughs> I've got the Chargers, the Ravens, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins yeah, uh, as, as well. the wildcard teams. But I have uh, the Steelers. Uh, are missing out the on a tiebreaker was it the Steelers are missing out on a tiebreaker yeah that's yeah.
2: my exact seven as well Kevin the AFC is so stacked it's silly yeah.
0: and we'll talk about NFC next week after we finish the uh, the old NFC West so there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast mm-hmm. the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and join the sixty-nine others as Patreons of the nice. Seahawks Nest Podcast. Nice. Thank you to Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Raddad, Nikki C, Ryan, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Uh, thank you for supporting the show, and uh, hopefully we see you guys. All oh, we'll see all on the Discord because um, that's where that's where it's all happening. So I haven't scared them we off hang. yet, Nathan. The, uh, yeah, all right. For movie club today, uh, me and Kevin we watched uh, some a movie together this weekend uh, while we were just hanging out, uh, drinking and and messing, around. Chilling. Uh, chilling. I wanted to say messing around, but then I was like, that sounds kind of weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, we,
1: you know, I'll cop to it if you want to. I'm uh, fine. They, so anyway, we Go watched. Ahead. Sorry, we didn't invite you. We watched. Oh, wait, the, we, did.
0: we watched the movie uh, Central Intelligence, uh, and I just want to talk generally first. First, specifically about this movie. This is the first team up between Kevin Hart and, and The Rock. Um, I think what makes the movie really fun is that uh, Kevin Hart plays the straight man and The Rock plays like the weirdo, goofy uh, person. And um, what I think is is great is it's kind of like a throwback to the lineage of movies that just kind of, you you, you know, back in the day, you'd be watching TV and you'd be flipping through channels and you might hit like FX or TNT and there would be a, a movie, there'd just be a movie on All the time. Always like the same like 20 or 30 movies would be playing. And then, you know, they'd shuffle a new one in and out every once in a while. And that kind of these TV movies.
1: If you are our age, there are movies you have seen upwards of 20 times and you've never seen the first 10 minutes of them. Right. And exactly. And you never watched them all the way through. And people
0: would say this all the time. Like, oh, I've seen that whole movie, but probably not all straight through. Because you, you'd see it, you'd see it on cable. You know, you'd watch like the first half, and then you'd be like, "Oh, I gotta go." Or you'd watch like the last like thirty minutes of a movie you'd see kind of seen before, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, cool." So anyway, it was
1: on USA's up all night,
0: and I fell asleep at the twenty minutes left. Central Intelligence, like one of those movies where no matter where you come in, you're gonna have fun. The movie has lots of fun gags, lots of silly, silly stuff going on. It's got great action, um, and it and it you don't need to see the whole movie to enjoy yourself. So what I wanted to do is kind of talk about um, in general, what are some movies that you guys have watched uh, that really fall into this category of like cable movie classics? Like, what are some cable TV movies that you think like, oh, those are those are some great, uh, some great cable movies? Um, does anyone? So wanna...
1: I have a I have a quick question. Yeah, go for it. Do you want movies from that era or are you asking about movies in the post cable movie? Mm, era? So that's a great. They would have made a great. Cable
0: wonderful, movie wonderful follow up question. I love it. Um, I think you can take it either way. You could easily go one way. Like, oh, these are movies that were on cable in the, you know, 80s, 90s, uh, early 2000s. And, uh, we, we watched these, or if you want, you can just go ahead and, uh, you know, take it the other way and say, these are movies that should be in the cable movie, uh, pan. Let's start
1: in boomer vision oh, yes. and, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna go backwards. Uh, you know, uh, candlestick park, a young Schwam on the sideline, mm-hmm. Uh, And so, starting with our "Oh, how time goes by"s, I think uh, one that you have to think about uh, Bloodsport, obviously, all the martial arts movies. Bloodsport's great. Ro- Road, Roadhouse
0: was was always Roadhouse, Roadhouse is on TV so much, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter where you come into Roadhouse; it's like stupid. A, a it's weird stupid, one. but it's like the right kind of stupid. uh, duel. Do you know it's a the good- Spielberg movie? You know it's a good one with the, with the truck, a good sci-fi one. Kevin Independence Day. Oh yeah. Independence Day, okay. I feel like is like wherever you pick it up, you're having the same watch experience. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, it, it can't is. be
2: too intense or too engaging. That's no, why it, it's on and, cable.
0: It, and it cannot be too story heavy either. Like exactly. the, the story for Independence Day is bone simple. Like it has to be just like a simple story that you could just follow, no matter where you where you pick it up.
2: I got a sports. I got a sports two that fits all of those descriptions to a T. Hit me. Uh, one, A League of Their Own. Okay, yeah. You pick it up at any point, you know you're going to get a good Tom Hanks quib or two, really? and then Major League. Same deal.
0: Major League is a great one. Yep. A good one. Like, we- you're,
2: like you're always four minutes at most away from that quote that you remember. So you're like, oh, hold on, I, got, <laughs> like, I gotta get back from the laundry or from the kitchen. Caddyshack is like that too. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Varsity Blues? Varsity yep. Blues, yeah. You know? Right there. <laughs> uh, There's
2: something about sports movies that like fit it perfectly because you're like, oh yeah, the plot's kind of whatever, but this one part or this one part, yeah. It's a, Ke- good, it's a good uh, vibe, for
1: sure. Kevin, you got one in, in mind? Uh, I got so many in mind. Uh, like, okay, uh, so a lot of those 80s coming, like Breakfast Club.
0: Oh, yeah, or like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a, great one.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: classic. Uh, Rush, uh, uh Bull up? Durham. Bull Durham's a good one. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Is, Rush Hour's a great Rush one. Rush Hour is like the thing... Of, Rush hour is this just—it's just relentless, and like Chris Tucker, what what he's doing in that movie is just—he's just relentless. Like it's so—it's so much, but it it really works. I night... could
2: say it is extra. You
0: know, what another one is the Karate Kid. It's
2: so extra.
0: Like you don't. Yeah, that's. I mentioned that one. at the beginning with Bloodsport, I yeah, agree. Karate it's... Karate Kid is just real thrill- simple. It's easy to follow. A Sandlot is another one that I feel like. Mm-hmm. Good one. Should we turn this into a fae Five or should we? Should we just keep talking about the
1: movies? What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know. All right, man. so. I, I here's the thing. If we did a fave five, number one, we'd have to pick one side of this debate and do the other side of the debate another time. Like movies that mm. are post cable. But the other thing is, if it's a fave five, that that is like a twenty minute segment on its own. There are so many movies that could be in this. Uh the uh, the Road Warrior.
2: Oh yeah. Yes. I cool. have I have tucked away in the back of my mind that and Princess Bride like memories that because they were just always on. Constantly. Princess
1: Bride, all time first date movie.
2: Yeah, it's pretty great. I know that's like if, your favorite Here's the play. thing if
1: someone, if someone like straight up is just not down with watching Princess Bride, I think that tells me something about them. We don't need to have a second date. What about, uh, what about, uh, like, like a Taken? Uh, too
2: intense. For me. Too intense. And yeah, and it's from, it's just from a different what about, era.
0: What about the, the town?
2: No, too intense. You need something. The town, so the town, you actually have to follow the story in that one. Yeah, you need something like speed, where you're just like, "Yeah, the bus is still going, man. All right, where's Dennis Hopper? Let's get him on."
0: Oh, my co- my cousin Vinny there.
2: Oh, I hate that movie. By the way, I'm what? Kidding. That is well, one of my least my favorite. Um, wait, every, this is a,
0: it's a bad take right here. I'm already. Every person in my terrible.
2: life likes that movie. I have tried twice. I hate that movie. I'll continue.
1: Straight I mean, up.
2: pound the table. Was... Hate it.
1: I mean, we all know Brett doesn't like happiness, so I guess it's not that surprising. Um, <laughs> I
2: didn't mean to ruin your special movie club here. I'm sorry. I,
1: I didn't say that you ruined anything. Sorry, I mean, boys. I was just saying, I didn't mean to uh, uh to to ruin your life by you not liking happiness. That's all. Uh, Robin Hood in Tights. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good yeah, that's one. A good, uh, really like right, any Mel Brooks Right movie.
0: style of, of movie for this, too, for sure. The Fugitive.
2: That's a good
1: one. I feel
0: like you don't need to know much to, to start following the fugitive
1: once, you, once, so if once you you're in the fugitive and U.S. Marshals back to back <laughs> and don't change the little thing. I want to know the point that someone realizes that the movie changed because most people won't for quite a while. They'll be like, oh, they're chasing a different guy now. You're like, yeah,
2: weird." Is top is Top Gun. Up there,
0: you know, what, like comedies are good for this too, like The Hangover. Or you know what one was really good? All uh, the Adam Sandler ones. Role, role <laughs> no. models. Have you ever seen that movie? Okay, that, yeah. that's a cable yeah. movie. That's a cable feel, movie to me. I feel for like sure. Billy the last Madison.
2: cable. I feel like the last cable movie that I watched, where I was like, Happy yeah, Gilmore? this belongs on cable. What was that? Will Ferrell and uh Mark Wahlberg. The, uh, the, oh, other, the guys. other guys. Other guys. Yeah, that's the like the, the. And that was like the last of the cable movie eras where I was like, yeah, this. Like this just fits the bill for that. We're making the 90s. transition because
1: I would say that's kind of moved the thing up. Let's make you want to make the transition. The about thing that's the thing know? that's
0: funny about this is that we're talking about this, but I, I there was a list. A variety did an article in twenty twenty that I found about like movies that played the most on cable, and they're all from what we would what you would call the the movies that played the most are from what we would call like the cable movie era. Like none of them were were current. Like the top movies were like. Like the most played movie, I think Desperado is a good one. The most played movie mm-hmm. on cable was Gladiator, and then the next most was a- go. Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, and then Ghost, right. and then Ghostbusters, Those- okay. and then Top yeah. Top Gun. Like the, it's like this, and I don't know if that's because cable has aged with with uh, with us. Like the only people who watch cable are old people, so they're just marketing to the same people they've always been marketing to. The first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh yeah. Those are oh, yeah, that's all the, honestly, all the pirates in the Caribbean. movie. But When that guy says, uh, you better start, start believing in ghost <laughs> stories. Cause you're in one. It's great, great TV movie moment.
2: <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so strange to think about the quality of these movies compared to what would be, you know, a B tier, like a B tier Netflix movie. Right. Or, you know whatever Amazon that's, Prime is doing. That's the and thing. It's
0: like these movies should. Ne- this is the kind of movies like Netflix should be trying to get on their streaming service because right. like these are the good. This is the kind I of stuff like you want to I feel like they do try on. to,
1: but uh, like it's it, there's there's some like element that they miss. Mm-hmm, like if you look totally. at a movie like like this, was it um I don't spend what, what if these, the Mark Wahlberg movie that came out Spencer or something? What if they what
0: if they had streaming don't services don't had know. a thing called now playing? where it just showed movies like this or like movies that they had available on their service. And it was just kind of, and you could like pick it that way you don't have to, you don't have to scroll through all the different stuff. It's just like, Hey, here's now playing. And it's just playing random movies in a row. And you could, you pick it up in the middle. Cause that's the kind of thing is the, Part of the charm of this is picking the movie up in the in the middle and not, not
1: always starting Spencer it confidential from the beginning. Spencer Confidential. I never saw I with Mark no Wahlberg idea. and Winston Duke. This is a uh, this is a great example of what should be exactly that kind of movie, except it just rang too hollow. Like the thing about all the movies that we just mentioned, they were a thousand percent in on themselves. Like they knew they were they knew they were going to like peak at like a three out of five or something, but they were a thousand percent in on being the absolute realization of what they are. But Uh, every uh, like all these Netflix movies just smell like when an actor's like, hey, I'm doing two other movies and I'm going to act in between them. Red Notice is a good example of it. Red Notice is so bad.
0: It it should be good. It has the perfect cable movie plot, but it's just like so boring. And
1: so, What's the one with the uh, the immortals that uh, Netflix did? Uh, oh, God. it was a TV show, wasn't it? No, it was a uh, um, it was a movie, uh, like a mercenary movie. Who is in it? Uh, is that Red Note? I'll, I'll I'll figure it you're out at some point. You're not. No. It was oh not Red wait, Notice, are you talking about the one with Ben Affleck? With Woman. No because uh, there um, was
0: there was that one with ben f Aff- here's the thing okay here's the thing about those these those netflix movies, i'm mixing though. two movies up i'll figure it out those netflix movies the problem with them is that they're just there to collect paychecks they're they're they're, they're, they're not there those movies are just there to show up and like they're like hey we got triple frontier was the one i was thinking of kevin uh oh triple frontier is a great
1: example of that where it's just like a little too soulless
0: yeah and it just like doesn't doesn't quite uh hit the mark for me, in the way that these movies that are actually trying now, there is someone who is Boss making. Level did a good there job. is someone who's making crappy movies that, and really trying, and that's Gerard Butler. Ger- <laughs> and we oh, yeah. and we, we were oh, I recently yeah. watched we recently watched the movie Plane, and it was just like exactly what it was supposed to be, just like a stupid movie about a pilot. Like it was, it was sweet. Uh, Old Guard is the movie I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah. It just uh, Plane was pretty awesome, but. But uh that's the kind of thing. You gotta like really you gotta really sell it. You gotta go in. You gotta be like, I'm gonna make the best dumb Lionsgate.
1: <laughs> when we were watching Plane, we got what would you say, about like twenty five percent into it? And I'm like, Oh man, they're gonna do this. And so I was like, Why would they do that? I'm like, cause it's the dumbest thing that could happen at the end everything, of the movie. It's gonna be so great. Everything dumb and that, that was how the movie with... ended, and it didn't matter. It was it was perfect. Everything dumb that could happen in that movie happened, and it was like, Yeah, it's yes. fine, this is fine. But it knew with what it was. Yeah. It steered into it so hard, and I respect that. Yeah. All right. So
0: what I want everyone to do is on the Discord, tell us what are your favorite movies that appear on cable, or that, or what's a new movie that you think would have made like a great, uh, you know, on cable catch it in the middle movie? Because
1: every Scott Adkins <laughs> movie in the last like eight years.
0: I think those are those are from enthusiasts like us, Kevin. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that, that that's a great cable movie. Those are, those are those are those aren't for the mass audiences. Those are for the please tell me those about are the a bad real, time to tune into Dead Collectors. Those are the real connoisseurs get to watch Adkins. Only the real martial arts, the, net connoisse- the real sickos, the real sickos. Yeah, the martial arts perverts. Like,
1: oh tell, tell me about that bad time to tune into Accident Man. Oh man, I love Scott. no bad I time. love Scott Adkins.
0: It's so stupid. You got it. If you're not, if you haven't watched a Scott Adkins movie yet, please do it. It is just. A party and a half. Okay. Brett, anything you want to say? If you don't like Max Cloud, that's on you. If you can't, if you don't know what the shadow of a tear looks like, (laughs) that's your problem, not ours. All right. That's fact. Last word, Brett. You got anything?
2: I got nothing, man. Movie related.
0: Perfect. For Brett, for Kevin, for the ghost of Eric. We'll see you next week. Go, Hawks.